Well, my name is Bill White. It's a pleasure to welcome you as we gather as our Christ Journey family once again across the nation, around the world, through Church Online, but right here in South Florida as well in our Kendall campus, our Gables campus. It's so great to be together, and I am so happy to welcome you today as we gather once again for our series, Thankful. Now, I know many of you were praying for me as Lisa and I were out last week. My daughter was having our second grandson. You want to see him, don't you? Okay, drum roll. Here he is. Cedar Sampson William Conrad. Isn't he something? I mean, what? and, and you're wondering, what's he like? I'm going to tell you, he is so chill. He, uh, he eats, he poops, he sleeps, and he does it all so well. I mean, he just puts his whole soul and self into it. It's great to be back. It's always wonderful. Uh, you know, I tell you this every time I leave. It's, it's good to be away, but it's great to come back and be part of our Christ Journey family. And it was so awesome to hear Pastor Dave last week. Even though we were away, Church Online, this is so awesome. We get to be together even when we're apart. And so Pastor Dave did such a wonderful job. I'm thankful for him and for his ongoing ministry in my life and in our life as well. Um, but today, I have an exercise for you. Our series is Thankful, and I'm thinking if you've never been challenged with this, it may stump you. And if you're familiar with it, then I want to apply it solution in a new way and that will help us move from thank empty to thank full. Uh, actually, uh, by helping us think outside the box, um, I believe the exercise itself is called Think Outside the Box. Here's the challenge. Nine dots are arranged in a set of three rows square. And your task is to draw four straight lines which go through the middle of all of the dots without taking your pen off the page. Okay, You can start from any position, draw four lines, one after another without taking your pen off the paper. And each line starts where the last one finished. Okay, you want to try it? Then draw nine dots, three rows square, and then place your pen somewhere on the page, and then draw four straight lines without taking your pen off the paper. Okay, want to try it? Go ahead. I'm going to give you a few seconds to try it. Okay, try again. Try it again. You need a few more times. Well, for time's sake, may I help us all think outside the box. You'll want to try this with somebody else, I know. But here, try this. Start outside the box, lower right-hand corner, and then take your first line diagonally up through all of the dots to the upper left corner. Then take your second line straight down through those on that side, and... Uh, your third, outside the box, land outside the box, then your third line diagonally up through the other two dots outside the box, and then back over the top left to connect, and voila, what happens? You've drawn four lines through every dot without taking your pen off the page, but only because you were willing to think outside the box, right? Now, this is significant for us because some of us, actually many of us, many people in our world feel boxed in. 
I mean, we feel like uh, we're, we're trapped inside a box, stuck in a box, and need to find our way outside into some wide open spaces. When I was working on this message, I had such a strange dream. I mean, I, I was dressed in a tuxedo. Lisa looked really great. We were out for an event uh, somewhere. I have no idea. But to park for the event, we had to park in this grassy lot that had bushes and a ditch on one side of it. After the event, we walked back out to our car to drive away. But guess what? Park cars have parked every which way. They're crammed into this grassy lot and have blocked the exit. I hate that. I felt trapped you know like I'm so now I'm looking for a way to get out in my dream and but hemmed in and that's when I noticed some people across the other side of the grassy lot also in tuxedos and evening dresses and this commotion was stirring up so I walk over to where they are and there underneath this piece of canvas was this gigantic green iguana about Komodo dragon size in my dream I told you it was strange and next thing you know, he is staring straight at me, green, big green head, and all of those others that were gathered around in tuxedos. Try to tell, tell me what my dream means. You ever wondered that? You ever try to make sense of your dream? And then I got to thinking, I bet he felt trapped too. And wanting to know, how can I get out of here? We all know how he feels. When you feel trapped, when you feel boxed in, you start looking for a way out. And sometimes just a small insight from somebody who cares can make a big difference. The, the hero of our story today discovers that. I don't know what's making you feel hemmed in, what's got you trapped or boxed in, but this guy in our story was trapped in his own skin. He has leprosy, that's the reason. Now, people in the time of Christ were required, if they had leprosy, they were required to stay away from other people, and they're supposed to announce their presence when they come near, like, unclean, unclean. Can you imagine? But there is some good news. If a leper ever thought his condition had gone into remission, then they could present themselves to the priest at the temple whose job it would then be to declare them clean and then allow them to be restored to re-enter society. And it wasn't unusual for people at the time with the disease to gather together with others in a kind of leper group or a leper colony. So this leper had at least two boxes that had him trapped within. One was his disease, the other was his group. A leper colony is a place where a group of people who are sharing the disease live together in quarantine. Mother Teresa established a leper colony that she called the Place of Peace. And Calcutta at that time had some 30,000 lepers in the colony. It is a horrible, infectious disease that causes nerve damage, and severe disfiguring skin sores. It's an ancient malady. You know anything about the disease? It's an ancient malady that wherever it shows up, China, India, Africa, wherever it shows up, people wind up feeling trapped, boxed in, and then shunned as outcasts or left in the margins of society. In fact, that's where Jesus encounters it one day. Luke the Greek physician, 
author of the gospel that bears his name, Luke, in chapter 17, tells of Jesus. On one day, Jesus, on his way to Jerusalem, was walking along the border of Galilee and Samaria. Now, Samaria is the place where respectable Jews of the day typically avoided um, Jesus, and yet Jesus is right there on the margin. He's like border patrol. And as he was going to a village, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance, and they're crying out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Shouting something like, you know, they were required to sound off. Let other people know they were coming. Shouting something like, leper, leper, so others could keep their distance. Mother Teresa said one time, the biggest disease today is not leprosy, but the feeling of being unwanted. Imagine every day, everywhere you go, you have to shout, leper, so others could unwant you could avoid you. I mean, talk about feeling stuck in a box. Well, it wasn't the first time that Jesus had encountered the disease or people with it. Matthew chapter 8 tells of a leper who came to Jesus one day seeking healing, and Jesus says, reaches out his hand and touches the man. Now, there was a large crowd there at the time, (laughs) and I imagine not too many people in tuxedos, right? But I imagine there was also a commotion and people gasping because Jesus actually touches the man, and then he is cured from his horrible skin disease by Jesus' touch. Now, how long did it take that news to get around? Maybe that's why the ten who that day had been probably crying out, leper, leper. Instead, see Jesus on the border and address him as master, someone who could have pity on them. But Jesus doesn't touch them, but he simply gives them a word. Go, show yourself to the priest. Now, they knew what that meant. Moses' law commanded that all who thought they were cleansed of their leprosy go to the temple in Jerusalem and make an offering to God. Actually, it was a two-part offering. Um, And the offering that they were making, Jesus was essentially saying, now you guys go to the temple and give your offering. And what they understood was, because that's the offering that wouldn't, it doesn't buy their healing, it doesn't buy their cleansing, but it's an act of worship by which their faith would allow the priest to then declare them clean and be able to be restored to the community. Now that's a big deal. Probably a bigger deal than finding my way out of a parking lot where I felt hemmed in. If anyone felt boxed in, In Jesus' day, it would be a leper, trapped in his own skin, held captive and helpless in her own body, ostracized, marginalized, living in perpetual quarantine until Jesus invites them to get outside the box. And yet the irony is that Jesus then sends them to that big box in Jerusalem, the temple box. And remember where he met these ten. 
I mean, it was the despised area of Samaria. Dun, dun, dun. You know, the plot thickens here. And, and yet they may not have all been Samaritans. Some of them might have been Jews, but they share the same disease. Their little society of outcasts. Think of it. What did that look like? These ten, to that very day, were known lepers... And everywhere they went had to broadcast their coming, now under orders from Jesus to make their way through the streets of the capital city right up to the holy temple where, oh yeah, Samaritans aren't even allowed to go inside. I mean, they have to stay outside in the court of the Gentiles. The priest would have to come out of the temple in order to receive their offerings, respond to their need, and then declare them clean. Oh, wait a minute. That means that the priest on duty that day would have to think outside his box, wouldn't he? I wonder if Jesus, when he sent those ten to the temple priests, I wonder if he was thinking, you know, I would love to see the look on that priest's face when he declares these Samaritans clean because everybody knew that was not politically correct. Clean was not a word that Jews usually used for Samaritans. That word would be dirty, dirty Samaritans. Why? Because they were descendants of Jews who had intermarried with pagan Assyrians and, uh, and other foreigners, and as a result, were now a mixed racial breed who were also considered compromised in their beliefs because of it. Dirty. They were dirty Samaritans. So, pure Jews considered Samaritans dirty betrayers. They were not clean, and neither was anybody who hung out with them, including Jewish men or rabbis like, like Jesus. But Jesus sends all ten of them out of the boxed-in margins of Samaria where he met them to present themselves to the temple in Jewish Jerusalem. What was that like? May have felt a little scary. You ever go somewhere where you knew uh, you may not be so welcome? I remember going to a birthday party where Lisa and I were invited by a friend who was a leader in a Bible study group that used to be part of our church. And they were then, now, meeting at uh, another church facility because they didn't like the decisions that were being made here. We were asking adult Sunday school groups to move off-site so we could have that space for children's ministry and have adults meet in home groups. And they didn't like those decisions uh, and actually were very upset about it to the point that they didn't want to have anything to do with, um, with us, with me in particular, or with what one of their group members called the Gang of Three, which was David Weidman, Mark Lesher, and, and myself. But Lisa and I were invited to this birthday party, and we wanted to honor our friend, and so we went. But when we arrived, it, uh, it became kind of clear that others weren't expecting us to be there. Now, maybe the guest of honor who invited us did want to desire us to be there, but 
Others were taken by surprise. I can remember feeling as Lisa and I walked in, it felt like the room got quiet and all the eyes were watching us and we were walking around the perimeter to find our way to hug the guest of honor and to offer our birthday wishes. And it just felt like, what are they doing here? You know, what could they possibly be thinking about coming here today? That's the feeling I was having. I mean, it was like awkward together. Well, I'm trying to imagine what these lepers were feeling as they think about making their way through the crowd in Jerusalem. But an amazing thing happens as they're going. They, they step out in faith. They're trusting Jesus' word. They start to make that 60 to 70 mile journey to Jerusalem from where they were. And as they go, they're healed. As they went, they were cleansed the scripture says as they step out in faith following jesus command they're healed i mean the disease disappears and their skin is restored sensitivity comes back to their feelings they start feeling their their toes and their fingers again and they start looking at each other and seeing clearly because the eye damage has been reversed and their facial features are being restored can you imagine it's like you think they started complimenting each other you look marvelous oh well you you look amazing oh not so bad yourself I bet they picked up the pace. They started hustling their way to Jerusalem. You could feel the excitement growing. Maybe they even started thinking about what it was going to be like to be with their families again, to get to have dinner at their own kitchen table, to hug their mother again. Can you imagine your poppy, your, your child, after being away, quarantined? for who knows how long suddenly showing up on your front porch step and they're getting excited you know they're chatting it up they're sharing hopes their dreams the fears of Jerusalem that they were feeling just a moment ago are starting to melt away in the excitement to the point that they don't really realize when one of the ten has slipped away and left the wolf pack to go where well, back to Jesus, Luke says, Luke says he finds Jesus and he praises God in a loud voice. God is good all the time. You know, he's just throwing. And then it says he throws himself at Jesus' feet and he does what? He thanks him. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And I'm telling you, this is outside the box. One commentator says, this is what Luke wants us to see from the whole story, that Jesus is the new temple where even a Samaritan is welcome to find healing, and not just healing, but salvation in Christ's words. And then Jesus tells him, rise, go. Your faith has made you whole, W-H-O-L-E, sozo is the Greek word, it, it has saved you. It has connected you to your Savior. This is the same word that Paul uses in Romans 10, 13. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be sozo, saved. Ten got healed that day. One got saved. You want to be that guy. 
because he thought outside the box. And he said, thank you. In a way that connected him in faith to Jesus, saving power. Thanksgiving was the voice of faith that connected him to the Savior. That's what we're supposed to see. It'll do that for you too. You want to move from thank him to the thankful? Here's the, here's the truth right here. Thanksgiving can connect you to the Savior. Now, when I was young, my parents did it with me. I've seen my daughter do it with her son, West. You know what it is. You've probably done it too. You know what you do? You say, what do you say? And the answer is either please or thank you, right? What do you say? Somebody does something nice for you, you say, what do you say? They say, thank you, thank you, right? It used to be considered common courtesy that you just say, thank you. These days, it's like not so much, right? It's more like thinking outside the box. Why? Well, sometimes, some people don't want to say thank you for fear of appearing dependent upon somebody else, of, of, of being in debt to somebody else. Sometimes we don't want to say thank you because it makes us appear to not be self-sufficient or self-reliant. You talk about being boxed in. Billy Graham said, the smallest package I ever saw was a man all wrapped up in himself. There's a trap right there. If you want to get outside the box, guys, listen, try this. Say thank you. Thank you to somebody. Look them in the eye, stand square in the shoulder, and say thank you to somebody for something they've done. Now, when you feel boxed in, I'll grant you this. The last thing you usually feel is thankful. Is that right? That's why it's an act of faith. It's like stepping out before you feel healed to say thank you. And that may be where the story finds you today. And probably not because your condition is leprosy. You know, maybe it's not leprosy that makes you feel trapped. Maybe it's what you see inside your own skin. When you look at yourself in a mirror, you know, what do you see when you look at you? Do you see your weight? Do you see your shape? Do you see your skin tone? Do you see your color? Do you see your age? Do you see your, your disability, your learning challenge? What do you see inside your skin? Where do you feel boxed in? Where do you feel trapped? Chances are you don't feel too thankful about that, do you? No. No, you feel anxious, you feel embarrassed, you feel resentment, you feel disappointment. Sometimes we feel anger, we feel frustration about it. Listen, the lepers are a community of misfits. They know about those feelings and they see themselves that way until they let Jesus in their box and his word commands them to think outside the box. They got to get outside themselves. And he does the same for us, doesn't he? He helps us think outside the box, the one that we see ourselves in, that economic status box, or that marital status box, or that substance abuse box, or that whatever that box is that you find yourself in, that trauma that happened box, that I'm the token fill in the blank at my workplace box. However you see yourself, we, we all tend to see ourselves trapped in some way inside our skin, don't we? That's where Jesus wants to meet you today. And not only ourselves, you know what else? We 
We have our own version, each of us, of modern-day lepers, too, don't we? People that you just want to avoid, people that are best to stay away from. I don't know who they are for you, but people that you deem, for whatever reason, to be less thans, to be uncleans, right? But you know what? Check me on this. I don't think I've ever met a judgmental person who was truly thankful. It's hard to be both, isn't it? Especially at the same time. Thanksgiving has an amazing power to create respect, to to offer appreciation, to present humility, to voice faith. Listen, nine out of ten in the story that day didn't say thank you. That's 90%. You know, I guess everybody's not doing it in our world, are they? But you're not everybody, are you? No, don't be the statistic. Be the one that thinks outside the box. Other people don't get it. You still can. You can be the one who is not simply healed but is made whole, saved in Jesus. Find the healing that can help you be made whole. A healed person being made whole. Jesus can help you. Don't miss this. Here's the bottom line. Thanksgiving moves us in a posture toward receiving our wholeness in God. Thanksgiving can move you into the posture of receiving your wholeness in God. It displaces pride. It opens up a portal to the heart where God can work. So let's get practical. Who do you need to say thank you to today? Can you make a list real quick? Somebody coming to mind? Your parent? Your family? A teacher? A doctor? A public servant? I don't know who's coming to mind, but here's the challenge. Say thank you to them. Who do you need to say thank you to? Look them in the eye, offer shoulder to shoulder, heart to heart, and just say thank you. Write them a note, give them a word. Step outside the box and offer appreciation. Let me ask you another one, here's a challenge. Who are you treating as if they had leprosy? You staying away from somebody? Where are you judging yourself a misfit because of what you see in your skin? What can you do? Invite Jesus to bring his mercy into your box. Then what? Well, then step out in faith and let God enlarge your box. Stretch your heart and put out the welcome mat so that other people can find their way in. And don't forget to say thank you. Now, if you really want to get serious about it, then let me challenge you. Keep count. This week, keep count. Every day, keep count. How many times do you say thank you? Just track it. Just mark it down, you know. How many times do you say thank you today? And then double that tomorrow. And keep count one more day. And then double that the next day. I mean, intentionally think about getting thankful Think outside the box to move from a thank-empty posture to a thankful posture. And see if by Thanksgiving Day, 
you're not moving the needle way over into the green of thank you. Thank you. Jesus sent those ten to the temple to stretch everybody involved. I have one final challenge. You up for this one? Christ's journey? Temple Beth Am has invited us to join them for their Hanukkah celebration. Sunday, December 9th at Dante Fassell Park. I'm going. I'm going. I would love to have 200 Christ journeyers come with me to go to Dante Fassell Park. We can be our own little company of lepers being made whole, and we can go to the Temple Beth Am and say, God loves you, and so do we. And we can make friends with our Jewish neighbors, our Muslim neighbors. We can celebrate religious liberty on this day, on this time, in a way that really takes us outside this box. What do you think? Pray with me about that. Lord Jesus, thank you for being the kind of Savior that is not trapped in the box of heaven, but that you push your own boundaries and let love bring you right here into our mess. And then when we tend to keep ourselves separate because of whatever we see in our skin, something from our past, something from our present, something we're afraid of, that you just meet us right inside the box with mercy. We welcome you there today. Would you just ask Jesus right now, Lord Jesus, you're welcome in my box. Come inside, bring your mercy, do your work in me. Thank you for your love. And now, Lord, with a voice of thanksgiving, I want to step even further beyond myself. Somebody coming to mind that God wants you to say thank you to. Somebody made a difference in your life. Could be a little thing, could be a big thing, but it's a thing that needs you to say thank you. And then would you this day take the challenge to join. Perhaps it's your group. Perhaps it's your workplace where you would lay out the welcome mat, say thank you, and welcome God's presence and God's healing to find you there. And then, hey, maybe the Spirit is saying, why don't you go with Pastor Bill over to Temple Beth Am's party? It's a potluck, so you need to bring your best uh, holiday treat. But you could say, Lord, you want me to go? I'll go. And let's just love our neighbors the way Jesus would have us do. Speaking of that, if you're a neighbor with us today, somebody's invited you, you'd like to begin a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, here's a prayer that you can join us in. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive my sins. Lead me to be the person you would have me be as your spirit now lives in me. In your name I pray. Now our heads are going to stay bowed just for a moment but we're going to ask God's blessing upon every person that just made that decision with us as we hand this off to our campus pastor. Amen.